Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now. In this hour, the commissioner of the Western Hockey League, Ron Robinson, in about uh, 39 seconds time. And a uh, father of a WHL player from Global Sports. Guy was the best man at my wedding, John Sexsmith, coming up uh, to uh, share a few uh, tales along the way. We'll get a health update from John as well. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best uh, during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Reminder, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063 and text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at the same number, 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. Without further ado, we are pleased to welcome back to the show the longtime commissioner of the Western Hockey League, Ron Robinson. Ron, it's Bob Stoffer. How are you? Very good, Bob. Thanks for, good. Much for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting. On the same day last week uh, that the university announced uh, that they were going to cancel a season for their winter sports teams, for the uh, hockey, volleyball, and basketball teams at the U of A. The WHL announced their return-to-play uh, format. So uh, we endeavored to get you on. You were super busy late last week, so thank you for taking time uh, to join us uh, today. And maybe just give us a synopsis from your perspective and the importance of uh, the league being exhaustive in trying to uh, plan out and find ways to get uh, you know your developmental league uh, back playing and your kids playing? Well, we recognize, first of all, these are very challenging times for everybody uh, concerned, and um, certainly uh, from our perspective, we feel strongly that we need to um, get back and resume play next season. We have a responsibility to our players to make sure their development continues through our league, and uh, we're going to do everything we possibly can, and, and we recognize that this all certainly um, dictated by the health authorities in each of the provinces and states in which we operate and we are working uh, with them in the early stages of a return to play protocol plan and and um, looking forward to uh, moving those discussions forward here over the next uh, uh, month or so. We're joined by WHL Commissioner Ron Robinson, who's been at the helm for 21 seasons. Uh, you've set a target date, uh, and that is Friday, October 2nd, for the start of the 2021 uh, Western Hockey League regular season. Are you in conversation with the other three, or the other two major junior leagues, 
given that uh, the situation here in Western Canada right now, and they're, they're, the numbers are coming down a bit, as you know, Ron, in Ontario and Quebec just in the last 10 days. But we're further along, uh, in theory, at least with uh, phase one of this, uh, with, with the COVID situation. So was there any discussion at the, at the national level in, involving your other partners in the CHL? Yeah, we're in discussion on a regular basis um, each week to uh, compare notes on how each of our regions are progressing uh, and discussions, of course, that uh, the Ontario and the Quebec League are having with their uh, various governments and uh, health authorities. It's challenging because uh, in all likelihood there'll be certain parts of our regions that will open up before others. Uh, Our commitment in the Western Hockey League, where we have six jurisdictions, the four Western provinces, and along with Washington and Oregon, Oregon states is to um, is to be ready to go in all six jurisdictions before we open up. So, as you can appreciate, just in our region, that represents a challenge. Not to uh, not to say that uh, certainly they're going to have similar challenges in um, in Ontario and Quebec as well. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. Um, one question that we get asked: Does do any of the respective provincial governments uh, fund any of the organizations in your league? No, we do not have any government funding. Uh, never have, quite frankly. Uh, we're fully self-sufficient. Uh, part of our challenge becomes, as a result of that, is that because we are so spectator-driven and ticket sales dependent from a revenue perspective, we need uh, fans in our buildings in order to make it work and, and return to play at the same time. So that's um, our objective with the health authorities and governments uh, across Western Canada and the U.S. is to demonstrate, first of all, that we can return to play and, and establish a protocol that that's, uh, provides a safe and healthy environment for our players, but secondly, to establish uh, some minimum capacity that we can work with from a spectator standpoint. In other words, uh, let me ask the question a little bit differently. Would you have a scenario where you don't have fans at games where you guys can start? No, unfortunately, we just can't do that. Um, We need spectators in order to make it work. Uh, um, We rely heavily on those revenues to pay for all the expenses. Unlike other levels of hockey, um, we take care of the players 100% of their expenses and, uh, of course, our scholarship program on top of that. So there's heavy financial obligations on behalf of our clubs that we need to uh, take care of, and the only way we can get there is through ticket sales. Yeah, we're joined by WHL Commissioner Ron Robinson, Bob Stoffer with you. What's it like running a league where you have diverse partners in the sense that you've got, you know, organizations like the Oilers and Flames that have got NHL teams that are playing in venues, you know, 19 to 22,000. And I'm just trying to think of what the smallest, uh, that used to be Medicine Hat. I don't think it is anymore, but you've got some other, maybe Swift Current, like you've got some other arenas, uh, that are much smaller. You've also got, you know, public ownership, uh, board, uh, board run teams versus, uh, you know, individually, uh, owned teams. That's got to be at times quite a challenge for you guys. Well, it is. Uh, we have a. We've been operating for many, many years, as you're well aware, uh, uh, successfully with a wide diversity of markets and and arena sizes. And uh, it's it's one of those challenges as we face uh, to reopen as well. But you know, the the great thing about our league is our ownership and uh, all of our clubs really have a very uh, strong uh, commitment to one another and appreciation of the challenges that they go through in each of the markets. So whether it's a small center like Prince Albert or Swift Current uh, up. 
against the Calgary and Edmontons, for instance, in the Eastern Conference, uh, they understand the challenges are represented, and certainly our objective is to get to 50% capacity, and that looks a lot different in Calgary and Edmonton than it would in Swift Current and Prince Albert. So um, the good news is that uh, the response that we've received from government has been very positive. We are working through uh, uh, recognizing that uh, they have some major challenges in front of them, and uh, one of which uh, will be addressed at some point in time will be uh, events such as uh, a Western Hockey League game uh, and what we can do from a spectator perspective. Ron, uh, in the case of the Oilers Entertainment Group, I mean, full disclosure here, we all took haircuts. Uh, you guys, you mentioned the fact that there's no public funding that comes with any of the respective Western Hockey League teams in the, the, the league itself. Was there uh, some people let go and, and some collateral damage as a result of this pandemic? Well, most of our clubs have taken advantage of the federal wage subsidy program, which has been extremely important uh, because a lot of the important activity in terms of preparation for next season takes place in the off season and uh, clubs have been fortunate to keep their you know their marketing business staff intact and and um uh, you know everyone's responding a little differently to how it looks moving forward but there has been uh just like every organization uh, some some adjustments made in payroll and adjustments made to the structures of organizations as a result of it but overall uh you know, I think we're doing well through all of this pandemic, and uh, and uh, we will we'll be ready once we're uh, we're in a position to open. It's been 26 years since the WHL established the WHL scholarship program in 1993-94. Uh, that investment now is north of $28 million. I know when I was working at the university, uh, Ron, at one time it was my belief you guys were the largest uh, private donor of scholarship uh, dollars on a year-in, year-out basis uh, to the university. Uh, how is that program going right now for you? Well, it's going it's going very, very well. Uh, Bob, you've been our number one supporter of this over the years. Uh, the flagship of our program, of course, has been at the University of Alberta. And, uh, this past year, our activation rates on our scholarship program, which started at probably 25 to 30 percent, now pushed past the 65 percent with over 400 players taking advantage of that scholarship this year. So it's a wonderful program. It's been very, very successful, and uh, we're uh, obviously very concerned about uh, programs like the University of Alberta and the University of Lethbridge um, that won't be operating next season by the looks of it. And uh, and um, uh, we haven't uh, had discussions directly with those institutions yet, but we certainly plan to and uh, look for ways to try and get it back and operating here as quickly as possible. Yeah, interesting times. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, obviously, we have a vested interest. This is an Oilers Entertainment Group show. Uh, I work for OEG. The Oil Kings uh, placed a great emphasis on drafting players. Uh, they rebuilt a team. They finished in the conference finals last year. They might be the favorite this year when you guys get up and running. Uh, you had three of the top seven or eight picks in the NHL draft last year. You're probably, uh, this upcoming season, you're probably going to have a couple kids, including Dylan Gunther, go in the top ten. Won't happen in the 2020 draft, but nonetheless, there's uh, there's a lot of good things happening. And I, I know there's a lot of negative energy out there in the world these days, Ron, but uh, I applaud you guys for uh, being in a position where you're trying to be proactive and get up and running because I know there's a lot of people that care about the Western Hockey League. Well, thank you very much, Bob. Really appreciate your support, and I think there's a lot of people excited as we are to see the Oil Kings get back on the ice in Edmonton. They've got a great group of players that uh, that have uh, certainly had a lot of ambitions for this past season, and I know that will carry over into next season. We can't wait to get started. And uh, Again, thank you for your support of our scholarship program and ongoing from a league standpoint as well. 
All right. Thanks a lot, Ron. That is Ron Robinson, the commissioner of the Western Hockey League. Again, their plan, the WHL's targeted date to start Friday, October 2nd for the regular season. And uh, you heard Ron mention the fact that Lethbridge, uh, Mike Mann is the dean at the uh, University of Lethbridge. Uh, he was my boss at the U of A. He, uh, check that. He's the president of the University of Lethbridge. He was the dean uh, of Phys Ed, which uh, is now kinesiology at the U of A, and maybe getting another name change because it sounds like they're going to be merging a bunch of uh, faculties in a effort to uh, to get a little thinner. Um, anyways, Mike Mann made the difficult decision less than a, a year after Lethbridge hosted the University Cup to uh, kibosh their hockey programs. I know there's been some talk there that they're going to try to uh, jumpstart them, similar to what happened with uh, Cam Talbot's program. Uh, Jay Woodcroft's program at University of Alabama, Huntsville. As for the WHL, I mean, they're basically having about 350 uh, kids a year that are exercising those WHL scholarships. Um, the way the scholarship works is every player who plays in the WHL is eligible to receive a WHL scholarship. For every season a player plays in the league, they're guaranteed a full year of WHL scholarship, including tuition, textbooks, and compulsory fees to the post-secondary institution of their choice. So most guys, if they get uh, four years in the WHL, they get five years worth of scholarship money. That's kind of how, in theory, it works. This was set up back in and around uh, 1992-93. It started in 1993-94 with uh, Jim Donlevy, the former uh, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears football I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. program who is the WHL education consultant for a number of years. Jim passed away uh, last uh, summer. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 122 in Edmonton. Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer with you along with Cody Jansen. You can text us at any time at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, during the season and all season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go see James H. Brown. Jim Brown uh, played for the Edmonton Oil Kings way back in the day. Trent Brown, many of you would remember, uh, probably the best safety that the Edmonton Eskimos have had in the last 30 years. He was a terrific cornerback return specialist for the aforementioned Jim Donlevy uh, in the late uh, 1980s. Uh, maybe, I'm just thinking, was he on the 90 team? I think he might have been there in 1990 was the last year Trent was with the U of A. Ended up winning a Grey Cup championship in 1993 when the Eskimos won in Calgary. 
Should mention there's an old saying in the car business in these parts, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to a successful business as well. Brent Ridgeford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They will provide you with uh, outstanding service at the time of a purchase and will continue that service with great standard uh, after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. Again, I applaud those who try to plan ahead and uh, think positively. It's a, it's a challenging time. I know a lot of you are going through uh, tough times as well, probably on a personal level, and maybe some of you are currently unemployed right now or trying to battle through it. Um, so uh, I know, uh, you know, WHL, there's uh, a lot of people that uh, would say positive things about the league, and there's some people that would, you know, focus on uh, uh, negative aspects that are part of society as well. But uh, bottom line is uh, we're going to talk to John Sexsmith coming up from Global Sports. His son, Joel, plays for the Red Deer Rebels for Brent Sutter. And uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. Just on the, on the whole scholarship side, uh, so I was the SID at the University of Alberta from 2000 to 2008 and basically represented the, the conference's SIDs in the conversations with the league in terms of getting the word out there. And uh, it changed the dynamic because when I first started doing Golden Bears games all the way back in 1989 to 92, uh, you know, basically – the U of A got a certain, maybe half the team was WHL kids, uh, and then the other half were junior A guys that weren't getting NCAA scholarships. Uh, there's more WHL teams. Some people might think there's too many at 22, that it's a lot easier to make a WHL team than it was 15, 20 years ago. Um, but there's also a lot more kids in the, under scholarship. I will tell you, at, when I worked at the U of A, it wasn't even close in terms of who the most mature student athletes were. And I'm going to translate that into the Edmonton Oilers on a conversation on Oilers now. The one thing that would surprise you the most, and I mean this, the one thing that would surprise you the most as a guy who's, and there's some that would tell you, you don't really know what it's like in sport until you're around a team or traveling on a day-to-day business uh, basis around the team. You don't necessarily got a true gut feel of what's happening unless you're around him all the time. Now, some of you might listen to the show right now and say, Stauffer, you don't know what the hell you're talking about all the time, and you're around that team on a day-to-day business when, they're, when they play. But what I would suggest to you is, and I'm going to specifically target the men out there for this, this point, you would be stunned how much more mature the majority of the players are in their early 20s than we all were. Okay. Many of them have moved away from home to play. Uh, many of them have been the most competitive kids every step of the way. There's an incredible amount of maturity from those guys than, say, the majority of us. I'll put myself included in the mix. And that's that's the thing that just kind of makes me sort of at times think back, wow, you know, Kyler Yamamoto's 21. I was not near 
as mature as he was at that age. I was a train wreck. This guy totally has it together. And I think that's the one thing that people should, the one thing when I have conversations, well, people are like, well, what it's like. And I'm like, well, you know, we give them their space on the plane and, you know, we don't, bu- you don't bug them. And we try not to go to the same establishments for dinner and those sort of things on the road. But if we do see the players there, we just give them their space. It's, guys like Jack and myself spend more time talking to the managers and the coaches. That's the privilege of having jobs like that. We're also more similar in age. But the maturity of today's player, uh, it's incredible. Something that, uh, and, I, and I would extend that metaphor for my time at the university as well. The most mature student athletes that we had by a mile were the hockey players. So take it for what it's worth. You, you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.